Welcome to the APM podcast, brought to you by the Chartered Body for the Project Profession. This episode is part of our series of senior leader interviews hosted by APM Chief Executive Professor Adam Bodison. This time, Adam is speaking to Martina Blake of the UK Space Agency. Martina heads up the agency's Office for Projects and Programme Management, which she set up in November 2021. She tells Adam about the importance of global collaboration in the space sector and the need to work to international project delivery standards when acting in partnership with NASA, the European Space Agency and others. Martina also explains that you don't have to be an astronaut or scientist to work in the space sector. There is a huge variety of roles in project delivery and beyond. So listen on to hear why there's never been a better time to launch a career in the space sector and how projects that are out of this world deliver benefits down on Earth too. Welcome, Martina, to the APM podcast. It's great to have you here today. Uh, And I wonder if, to start with, you could tell us a little bit about your career journey and how you came to enter the project profession. So in terms of my career and and entering the profession, I've been in government now for, for a number of years. I started out actually in the operational delivery profession, but I was always the one kind of in the office who wanted to go off and volunteer, go off and support other areas of the business, see how other parts of government worked. And one of those areas was project delivery. I was often called upon to be a subject matter expert on various projects across government. And for me, it was really great being involved in projects at the start rather than at the operational end, which which is what I'd been used to. So getting involved from a almost from a volunteer perspective at, the, at that time, really led me to move full-time into the product delivery profession. And I've been in the profession now for 15 years. Thank you. And, and we hear that a lot, actually, professionals who maybe didn't start their career saying, you know, I'd like to be a project leader, but uh, look, look one day at what's going on and find that they are absolutely smack bang in the middle of the project profession. So uh, I don't think you're alone in, in that trajectory. So so look, I mean, you, you, your role sounds really exciting. Head of the Office for Project and Program Management at the UK Space Agency. That sounds super exciting. So what does that role involve and, and when did you take that role up? I started in the UK Space Agency in January 2021. Um, So I've been here now for just over two and a half years. I set up the Office for Project and Programme Management in November 2021. And that was really in response to the Space Agency pretty much looking at transferring to a delivery agency rather than a policy um, department. And so that Office of Project and Programme Management, it sits alongside our Office of the Chief Engineer and our Office of Regulations. So... You know, and if you can imagine in terms of, you know, delivery space projects and programmes, is it's a little different to how we, let's say, deliver government infrastructure programmes or transformation programmes. So whilst in the space sector, we, we use the same principles, actually space projects have different life cycles. They have different terminology as well. That's in use. But then, of course, if you add in the mix, the international element. So things like, you know, project delivery standards, ways of working, uh, cultures and ethics, they, they can be very different um, to how we operate the project delivery profession here in the UK. To my team, the Office of Project Program Management, we provide that technical expertise and best practice across the UK Space Agency to help them deliver projects and programmes. So we use both the UK government functional standard, but we also use the 
international project delivery standards. So those used by the likes of NASA and the European Space Agency as well. So as well as the delivery, we actually also heavily focus on investing in our people, and that's providing development opportunities, career opportunities as well, to help them progress in their careers in the project delivery profession in the UK Space Agency. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting, and particularly the, the international point there. I mean, do you find there's um, a big difference between standards, uh, I suppose UK standards for the project profession in a broad sense, and then international standards which are kind of specific to the space sector? Is there a, a, is there a lot of overlap between them? Or are they quite distinct? There is definitely overlap, and I think it's, you know, if you take NASA, for example, you know, they have a lot of different centres themselves, and, and each of their own centres can operate slightly differently um they certainly have different cultures and and you know ways of working and then you know if you look at the uk we operate lots of different types of projects and programs whether that's in the public sector or the private sector so for here with the uk space agency it's definitely just about understanding how the likes of the nasa european space agency the dlr which is the uh, german space agency you know just really understanding how they all operate and making sure that we work when we work in partnership with them that we actually all understand how how each of us uh, works so so you know if you're in a let's say a program board with with nasa or ESA, and you're talking about risk management you want to make sure that what you're talking about you understand what nasa mean because you know risk management to, to one space agency could be slightly different terminology to another and you know another good example is is gate review so here in the uk you know we have our um gate reviews in order to progress through the next stage of a project or program if you take the European Space Agency, they, they, they use phases. So, you know, phase A is an example, phase B. So so it's just about understanding different elements of, of standards and kind of the frameworks and principles and, and how we use those and how we interact with each other to make sure that we understand that we're all on the same page if we're delivering a multi-million pound project. <laughs> No, it makes sense, and it's a, it, obviously it's obviously an expensive mistake if it's not all aligned, isn't it? So uh, yeah, no, it makes it makes good sense. And so so what you're describing it, it goes beyond terminology. It's all it's about methodologies, principles, uh, exactly that, that, that really good interplay between the different agencies. So one of the things when I think about space, you know, and working in the space sector, it sounds like really exclusive. But obviously you're there, and lots of other people are there in this sector. Is it? that far away from a career perspective for people? Is it that exclusive? And how do you get into the space sector? I would say it's definitely not exclusive. Often people think of working in the space sector as you either need to be an astronaut or a scientist, but actually the roles within the space sector are hugely diverse. You know, if you wanted to be a space lawyer, for example, medical professional, work in HR, work in a communication role, you know, there's so many different roles out there that you can actually be involved in in the space sector. You don't have to be an astronaut. You can if you want to, but there's much more out there. Um, you know, we have a lot of people in, in certainly in government as well who work in the space sector around um, the policy profession. There's a lot of roles in finance, of course, as well, because the space sector is a huge area of investment um, globally. So, and of course, you've got roles in project and program management. And actually across... The UK, we currently employ around 49,000 people in the space sector, and we only have around sort of 300 in the space agency itself, so there are a lot more out there who work in the space sector. And there are thousands more as well in the supply chain, so there are definitely opportunities out there if you are thinking of a career in the space sector. Don't be put off by thinking you need to be a scientist or you need to be an astronaut. There's much more you can do. 
whilst we're tackling misconceptions, I suppose, the other thing, um, and we've seen this in the news a lot recently, is people think of programs and projects that, that, that might be part of the UK Space Agency. And we think of moon landings. You know, we've just seen the, the, the successful Indian moon landing recently, the unsuccessful Russian attempt as well. That That's very high profile, those types of things. We've seen some of the kind of Mars missions and stuff. Are they the only types of projects and programs that the, the Space Agency does? Uh, are there lots of other things going on as well that maybe people might not know, know about and be aware of? You know, we have we have a lot of different types of, of projects and, and programs. Our current portfolio consists of eight what we call priority programs. So those are the ones that are going to deliver the UK Space Agency's value proposition. So the ones that will catalyze investment for us, bring in that investment to the UK and generate contracts for the UK space sector. We have projects and programs that will ultimately deliver missions and capabilities. So things that will support in terms of Earth observation, for example, or things like climate change. And we also, we have areas that champion the power of space, if you like, to to inspire people, support the next generation as well to come into the space sector. I think you mentioned earlier, Martina, that uh, the project and programme profession within the UK Space Agency is relatively new. I wonder if you might say more about how you would rate the maturity and professionalisation of that community uh, and how does that compare to, say, other government departments and government agencies more broadly? Yeah, and I mean, if you, you know, if you take, take a look at the profession, both in you know the, the private sector and public sector, actually, I think, particularly with the growth of things like AI and you know the, the profession is always maturing and there are always new initiatives, new technology that you need to um, adapt to. And so I think certainly in the space agency we've matured a lot over the last eighteen months. There's definitely still more to do. Um, you know we're working very closely with the likes of the Infrastructure Projects Authority and their Government Projects Academy. And you know as part of that we will begin our formal accreditation for our project delivery professionals here in the UK Space Agency that starts in September. And that, you know, formal accreditation, that is very much about maturing and professionalisation of the project delivery community, not just in the UK Space Agency, but that's actually across government in all departments. There are going to be people listening to this conversation who are project professionals in other sectors. Uh, I don't know, maybe the oil and gas sector or IT or, or whatever. And then, you know, they might have listened to this and thought, you know what, I really fancy being a project professional in the space sector. Is it realistic for them to kind of just transfer from a project role in one sector to another? What kind of things might they need to think about? We have a lot of people in the space agency in, in, in project delivery roles who come from all different backgrounds and, and different types of projects and, and programmes. We do have some from science backgrounds. Many of ours, though, are from other parts of government, for example, you know, who are already part of the government's project delivery profession. But we do have a lot that come in externally as well from other sectors. And it's simply about you know being able to transfer those project and programme delivery skills that you have to work on a different type of project and programme. You know, and I would always encourage anyone who, you know, who is interested in working in the space agency or in the space sector more broadly to apply because there are definitely opportunities to transfer, you know, your skills. For me, you know, I've worked in many different types of projects and programmes from, let's say, defence, transformation, IT, HR, you know, welfare reform, various different types of projects and programmes. And when I've gone into all of those, I've never really been, let's say, a subject matter expert for those. And I certainly wasn't when I came to the UK Space Agency, but it is very much about taking that expertise, skills and knowledge 
and applying that to a different uh, subject matter. So, so I was I was definitely all, always interested in the space sector. I mean, gosh, when when I was a very young child, I always wanted to travel to the moon. <laughs> you know, I even had a really cool pair of moon boots, but unfortunately, I didn't <laughs> didn't 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 quite um, uh, that career didn't quite happen. Okay, well, never say never. Um, you might be able to get those moon boots out again at Maybe. some point. Um, <laughs> but, but there might also be people as well, I suppose, who are not project professionals yet, who are thinking of entering the profession. You know, they might want to come and enter the space agency as well. Um, uh, I, I, where do you actually recruit from? So are there kind of standard kind of go-to places to kind of to secure that healthy pipeline? Because I know everybody, all these project delivery uh, units everywhere are, are really struggling to get good people um there's not enough volume uh, of them out there so wh- where do where do where do your people come from where do you recruit from yeah i mean we we recruit from internally cross government but also externally so so our, our vacancies specifically for the space sector are advertised on civil service jobs whether you're already in government or externally working elsewhere you will be able to to see those and, and apply you know across the space sector more generally you know if you look on any kind of search on 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 Google, you'll you'll see a huge amount of, of of roles coming up. Some of those, of course, are in projects and programs as well. But for specific um, companies, some of them, of course, like I say, are for the UK Space Agency. And we work very very closely with the Infrastructure Projects Authority to make sure that we attract and develop those project delivery professionals, whether that's someone who's experienced or someone who's new and has recently joined the the profession. And of course, we also in government we have the Project Delivery Fast Stream, which is you know it's always always oversubscribed every year. It's a great um, opportunity to, you know, get, get in at the start and get those opportunities, sorry, for development and, and training in specific project and programme delivery. So there's, you know, whether you're new to the profession or, uh, or experienced, there's a, there's a whole host of opportunities across government to be part of the uh, project delivery profession. Excellent. So there's no excuses here for anybody who wants to, to join the UK Space Agency. There are many ways in. But um, let's, talk, let's talk about the people that you've already got. You've, you've obviously got a growing body of project professionals within the UK Space, space Agency. Um, what's the approach taken to kind of training and development of those project professionals and you know career development piece? I'm always, of course, championing the um, chartered project professional status. Is that part of the picture? And what else do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I myself, I'm, I'm, I'm chartered. So... Yeah, the you know the Office of Project Program Management and of course the Space Agency more generally, we we do provide advice on on training and and developing those that are in project roles or, or those who would actually like to be in a project role in the, in the future as well. So whether that's getting chartered or various other project delivery qualifications, we also have a very comprehensive project delivery capability offer here in the Space Agency, which my um, team have, have put together. You know that covers both the technical training that you might want to do, development opportunities, mentoring, for example, leadership development. So so there's a whole host of opportunities available. We're APM, the only chartered membership organisation for the project profession. When you become an APM member, you'll receive the resources and support you need to make an impact, delivering better projects with better outcomes. Plus, you'll access exclusive training and benefits to support your ongoing career development. Find out how we can help you reach your potential by visiting apm.org.uk. Because when projects succeed, society benefits. 
one of the uh, things we often say at APM, in fact, it's our strap line, is because when projects succeed, society benefits. And the reason we kind of have that as our strap line is because, you know, people are always saying, yeah, but why, you know, why should we be interested in project management? You know, why should leaders be interested in it? You know, why should government be interested in it? And it's all because of that societal benefit piece. And when it comes to space projects, I wonder if you might, you know, share your own reflections about how you think space projects specifically could benefit society either either they're already doing it now or might do in the future yeah i mean yeah i i could talk about this one for a very long time so there's there's definitely a lot of advantages to actually doing space projects and programs you know and if you look at you know space itself it's it's kind of it's woven into everyday life so you we've got satellites that predict the weather they keep businesses connected and, and products moving around the globe they help us to monitor things like ocean health and urban growth. So we have a vast range of projects and programmes actually in the space sector that benefit both our people and our planet. You know, the UK as well, the UK itself is, is already a world uh, leader in things like earth observation tools, technologies and data. And I mentioned earlier, we've got our earth observation um, uh, programme. And, you know, that really is about monitoring climate change, protecting our environment, our people, being able to respond to humanitarian disasters and, and also provide that greater understanding really of the, the global you know, earth system from things like temperature change in the oceans or to polar ice melt. And there's there's no better place to to actually monitor that from than from, from space itself and from the satellites that are actually uh, up there in space. And, and we actually have around 750 UK licensed satellites um, circling the earth and you know, those support a huge amount of, of, of activity that is vital to our daily lives and, and our economy. So whether that's how we connect with each other across the globe, um, like I say, how we monitor our environment um, and how we also protect our critical uh, infrastructure as well. So, you know, we, we a lot of those uh, satellites, you know, of course, they, they support us on a daily basis, but they also support our, our uh, armed forces and support with, you know, monitoring uh, natural disasters as well, floods, wildfires, things like that. And then you've got, you know, if you look at things like 5G, 5G connectivity, having those satellites in space actually helps to provide that internet and connectivity to to hard to reach areas, which which we, you know, we've over the years has, has really struggled. So I think, you know, if you look at the space sector across the UK itself, you know, that's generated, let's say, I think it's around 17 and a half billion pounds, actually, in 2021, we expect that to increase. So if you look at it from an environmental and sort of societal perspective there's a huge amount of, of benefits that doing space project and prog- programs actually brings to us here on earth this conversation wouldn't be complete at all if we didn't mention ai because everybody's talking about ai at the moment everywhere i go i suppose there might be a perception out there and again it might be a misconception like some of the things we've talked about earlier on that you know if it's the space sector it's absolutely at the cutting edge of all technologies and uh, and, and everything else so i suppose i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the uk space agency's approach to ai and digitalization more broadly is that something that is really advanced um, or are you on the same journey as everybody else and 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 how does that interplay with with this classic projects thing of kind of lessons learned lessons applied are you learning the lessons from other areas to apply ai in your sector or should we all be learning from uh, from you we have a fantastic digital team here in the uk space agency and that is certainly, you know, areas that they are looking at in terms of um, using 
um, things like AI and, and, and data to, to help, you know, look at what, what we can deliver in the future. You know, in terms of specific AI, let's say tools and and um, technology that, that is that is out there, that is an area actually that my team, uh, again, we are looking at for the profession, so the project delivery profession. So it is, you know, because the profession in the space agency is, is relatively new, um, like I say, around sort of 18 months, there are areas that we uh, still need to focus on. Of course, AI is, is one of them, but we do have already a part of our team who are looking at that and and, and see where we um, invest in, of course, because if you take things like, you know, there's the definitely areas in the project profession that, let's say, more be probably more easier to implement AI. So things like, you know, if you take risk management as an example or scheduling, where you know that actually the benefits of AI are probably where you can have have some technology that will, you know, do that automatically for you, whether that's going away and producing the schedule or supporting with risk management. And of course, that would free up those resources to do perhaps more strategic work within the space agency or, or, or across government, for example. So I think certainly on the the AI, you know, if you look in the in the space agency, that is something that we are uh, looking at in terms of across the space sector more generally. There are definitely projects and programs out there already that use AI and certainly will um, continue to grow as the AI um, community and, and, and that element increases and, and improves in terms of the technology, but also the accessibility to that technology as well um, becomes more readily available. I wanted to kind of bring it back to people, if if I may. I, I, you know, I think about the role that you've got. You know, you you are clearly um, a, a really excellent project leader. I think about all of these different roles that you've had across different parts of government and the really exciting role that you've got now. I mean, you've obviously also nurtured a lot of of people along your your your, your journey as well, and and seen them go on to do great things. So you will have seen great people and maybe some that were not so great. But if you were reflecting on your own journey and that of other people. People, what would you say the characteristics are of a really great project leader? Someone that's really experienced, you know, you definitely need to be able to understand the technical competence, you know, and in, in, in what's actually involved in project delivery, but making sure that you and your team, you know, have that really clear vision of, of, of what you are delivering and just making sure that everyone around you actually understands that, whether that's stakeholders or, or your team. Because we know sometimes not having that clear vision at the start, you might end up with something that you did not want to get at the end of your project. So, and you know, and often as well, certainly in my experience across government, sometimes that, you know, communication is a really key aspect of successful project and programme delivery. You know, changes often fail because of that lack of communication. So whether that's at the outset of the project and, and not agreeing the scope, or whether that's through to the implementation of it and, and not communicating with those who are impacted by the change. So, you know, it's important to be as, as transparent as possible with your stakeholders and your team. And certainly, you know, when you look at the space sector, um, you know, because we are delivering multi-billion pound, you know, projects and programmes, communication is definitely a, a key um, element. But actually, it's also very much about being able to bring, you know, bring the team together. It's something that, for me recognizing the differences as well that people bring to your project team whether that's in sort of skills or you know background it's all about you know recognizing championing those differences as well and in terms of you know that project leader you want someone who can bring that team together inspire the team you know to get to keep going even during those times of you know pressure and, and uncertainty which of course happens quite often in project delivery doesn't it so being able to kind of keep the team going and motivated 
is is a really good characteristic of of a, of a great project leader. Final uh, question I want to ask you about, if I may, is that there are going to be some people listening to this who are maybe right at the beginning of their journey in as a you know into the project management career. What advice would you give to them as things they might be thinking about or doing now if they really want to become one of those great project leaders that you've just talked about? Certainly looking back over my career and, and certainly with, with individuals that I mentor currently, it's definitely about finding someone who can champion you and, and you know being able to offer that advice on, on whether it's existing role and kind of career development or you know future development, for example, as well, and, and, and perhaps moving into a different, whether it's a government department or a different sector, you know, because there are so many different roles out there in the project profession, find something as well that you really interest in working in you know so so i've been lucky that i've i have government is a really diverse area for project and program delivery so when you're working on a project program you know you can always look and see what else is, is available out there that's you know available both public sector and, and and private sector as well so i think it's definitely about you know finding someone who can champion you you know offer that advice when you need it as well and, and mentoring but also you know making sure that you are doing something that you're really passionate about because i think there's always that saying, isn't it, of course, when you're in a job that you really enjoy, it never really feels like a job. And I, I have to say, I think, you know, in all my time in government, I've probably never really felt like I was just doing a job. I love the fact that I've got a career and it's a really great career in, in project and program management. And that's what keeps me keeps me going. And, and hopefully, you know, for those younger listeners out there starting out in project management journey, they will find a really good opportunity to apply for, if not just keep looking. There are, there are huge amounts of opportunities out there to, to apply for. So I, I definitely recommend the project of profession to, to, to people as well to, to come into that. Excellent. Well, Martina, I think that brings us to the end of our conversation today. Thank you so much for giving up your time in what is, I know, an incredibly busy schedule to come and talk to us. I know our listeners will have found real inspiration from what you said. And please do come back and, and visit us on the podcast again to, to update us on how everything's going maybe in a couple of years. It'd be interesting to see how things have moved on. But thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the APM podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, or why not contact us with your feedback at apmpodcast at thinkpublishing.co.uk. For more information on APM, visit apm.org.uk. Thanks for listening.